Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Happy Wildcard Weekend to those who celebrate. Welcome to the Pump Fake. Jared Bailey joined by Matt Verderam, a fan sided. Matt, good to see you as always. See you. How you doing? Oh, fantastic! This is uh, the, this is the best time of the year in terms of uh, in terms of the uh, the quality of games that we uh, that we get to see. Although this weekend might be an exception to that rule. Uh, you and I, you and I were talking in the lobby about uh, the possible uh, quarterback matchups that are going to take place this weekend. Um, yep. Skylar Thompson, Josh Allen. I'm intrigued to see. I haven't seen the uh, the line for this game yet. After the news broke that. Skylar Thompson would be starting. I'm actually going to pull it up right now. It's uh, it's high. It's uh, very high. It is Buffalo minus 13 and a half. I think that they will comfortably cover that against a Skylar Thompson-led team. So um, well, we can start there briefly. Um, Buffalo, obviously a lot going on with that team over the past couple of weeks. It's great to see DeMar Hamlin is home. He's doing well, you know, all things considered, which is great. Um, the Bills coming into the year, I mean, they were the team. You know, everybody's saying, okay, you know, if, if, it, if there's going to be a year, it's going to be this year with the contracts of Poyer expiring. Tremaine Emmons is going to be a free agent. Uh, Josh Allen's extension setting in. Although, they, you know, they can move around money. You know, they've got a smart GM um, and Brandon Bean, but Regardless, everybody's saying this is going to be the year. A little bit of adversity hits. You know, they had to play three games in 12 days. They had the least amount of home games of any team. Von Miller tears his ACL. Um, but regardless, you know, this is a team that still has expectations. Very much expected to win this weekend. And then we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Um, but Buffalo's my pick uh, in terms of my um, my picks to come out of the playoffs. They were my pick in the AFC at the beginning of the year. I'm sticking with that. Um but it's going to be a difficult road with, you know, teams like Kansas City and Cincinnati, you know, looking as good as they have all season at the right time. So, listen, it's a completely, uh, it's a completely fair pick. I mean, they're, to me, they're one of the five teams that can win the Super Bowl. Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philadelphia. I mean, I, I don't think anybody else is winning. So, um I picked the Bills before the season started to win the Super Bowl. And the biggest reason was Von Miller. And I don't think they're going to get out of the divisional round. And the biggest reason is Von Miller. I have watched every second of their games this year, whether it be live or, or playing them back after the, after the fact. Either Bills could beat anybody at any time. Allen is amazing. Diggs is fantastic. They've got playmakers on defense. Um. To me, though, right now, they've got one fatal flaw. And I, and I think it's going to get exposed if they play Cincinnati in the second round. They don't have a pass rush that I, I trust. Rousseau's a good player. I love his future. I like his present. A.J. Epinesa is not Von Miller. And their secondary has a lot of question marks. Micah Hyde, they just started his clock. If he can come back, that'd be great. He's excellent. But right now, I'm, I'm airing on the side of that, you know, he's coming off of a neck injury, very likely could be out. Hoyer's been – he's played, but he's been beat up all year long. White is now back. White has not looked like Tredavious White to this point, which is not shocking. He's coming off a torn ACL I missed the whole year for. Like, Dane Jackson's been uneven this year. Kyer Elam, frankly – 
has been underwhelming. Um, when they play a team like Cincinnati or Kansas City, I just think those teams are going to throw the ball all over the yard. And while I respect the Bills, I, the Chiefs and the Bengals have more weapons than the Bills do. Yeah, I, Like, Gabe Davis was supposed to be that guy this year who stepped up and was like 1,200 yards. He's not been that guy. He's not been that guy. So then you, you get into, like, all right, if it's not Diggs, like who do you trust? Davis can step up. Knox has stepped up as of late. I like Singletary. I think, without question, if they put it together, they could win the Super Bowl. But I trust Cincinnati and Kansas City more at this point than I trust Buffalo. Although that all said, Buffalo will win by 88 points on, on a wildcard <laughs> weekend. So we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um now, speaking of quarterbacks, um, Lamar Jackson, there's a chance that we don't see him um, against Cincinnati uh, this weekend. Yep. If that's the case, have we seen Lamar Jackson play his final game as a Raven? I would say that it's more likely than not. You know, I think a lot of people around the league are just wondering what is going on. I mean, that I'm not going to get into whether or not he can play and should he play. Like, I'm not him and I'm not his doctor. And I don't know exactly how his knee feels and what's going on in his rehab. Nobody does. And anybody who says they do, I question. Um, that all said, it was widely reported that they expected him back by Christmas Eve. Yeah. Now, injuries take time. So, you know, everybody's different. This has gone on and on and on. He has not practiced yet. And people are making the logical assumption, even if it might be incorrect, that he doesn't want to get further damage to the knee because he's going to be a free agent. Of course, he's not going to hit free agency. They'll tag him or they'll sign him. But I just wonder if you're Baltimore. Let's say they get blown out by Cincinnati. Let's just even say they lose to him, however they lose to him. Mm -hmm. If you're the Ravens, you're not going to lose him for nothing. So you're going to tag him if you can't sign him. But if you can tag him and get three first-round picks for him and you don't have to give up a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed, like you're probably doing that. At this yeah. point, I mean, I think the Lamar conversation is always weird because it's either you got to hate the guy and he's terrible, which is nuts. That's insane. Or, oh God. or right, or he's the greatest quarterback you've ever seen. And how dare anybody say that he lacks as a passer? And it's like, look, man, he kind of lacks as a passer compared to these other guys. He does. I'm no, sure. it doesn't just say he's a horrible thrower. It's just no. when compared to the elite of the league, he's not on that. He's not on that. I'm not giving $250 million guaranteed if I'm the Ravens to a guy who is the fifth or sixth best quarterback in his own conference. And that's yeah. what he is. Now, part of that is because the, the, core, the quarterbacks in the AFC are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But he is not Mahomes. He is not Allen. He is not Burrow. He is not Herbert. And I don't know if he's Trevor Lawrence. Like, He's none of those guys. I didn't even put in Deshaun Watson, who before all this stuff happened was a better player. Now, that's a big qualifier. He just made everybody the same guy. We don't know. But, like, I, I like Lamar Jackson, but I don't love Lamar Jackson. I, I, I think he is a very, very, very good player. But I'm not over the moon. That, like, I've got – and if I'm Baltimore, I'm not going to go nuts over – like, I'm not – I'm not giving him $250 million guaranteed. Right. And by the way, if he doesn't play on Sunday, which is you know, fine if he can't play, if he's hurt, this is now the second year in a row that at the end of the year, he's had a lower body injury that has kept him out for over a month to finish the season. 
and it has tanked their hopes of winning a Super Bowl. Yep. Like, and for the people, the crowd who's like, well, you know, that happens, it's injuries. Okay, yeah, but if, if you know, if Burrow has a sprained ankle, once he's back, I'm not worried about that affecting his game. If Jackson has a bunch of lower body injuries that take away 10% of his explosiveness, he's a completely different NFL player. Yeah. I, I think it's more likely than not that they'll deal in this offseason. Which then brings up, you know, a bunch of different possibilities, which, I mean, we'll have an entire, you know, offseason to discuss when the time comes. Um, in terms of this weekend, I think that there are three teams that could be prime for upsets, and I think that that is Dallas. I think it's Minnesota. And I think it is the Chargers, who I do believe last time I checked were favored over Jacksonville, even though you know Jacksonville's a higher seed. They are their two and a half point favorites. Would not shock me if any or all of those three teams did lose this weekend. And in the case of Dallas, if they lose, I don't think Mike McCarthy's staying around. And I think that Jerry Jones isn't going to let Sean Payton leave without signing a contract to be their next head coach. Yeah, I mean, we're in a lockstep on this one. So my picks come out tomorrow, but what the hell, I'll spoil them. I don't care. The hell with the clicks. Um, I picked all three of those games to be upsets. So I don't think Jacksonville should be an upset. I, I think Jacksonville, frankly, is just probably the more put-together team. Frankly. They're better coach, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> that mildly. Um, yeah, I don't think that should be an upset. And I don't, I don't trust Dallas ever in any game it ever plays that matters. And the Vikings, I mean, if they lost forty-two to ten, would it surprise you? No, not necessarily. The, remember, a few years ago when the Steelers started off eleven and zero, and then they just dragged yeah. their way through the rest. The, this Vikings team reminds me a lot of that Steelers team. Yeah. Oh no, big time, big time. Um, to me, like. Look, the Vikings are the kind of team that if they win a game, it wouldn't surprise me. They will get absolutely blasted out of the building if they go to San Francisco. Yeah. They will they will literally, I think, lose that game by 30 points. By Brock, um, with, with Even if it's Brock Purdy, who has played really well. You. Just hand the ball off. <laughs> um, they can't stop anybody. They'll give up 50 points. No, man, I think, I think that the Giants are really well coached. Um, Daniel Jones, like he's not explosive, but he's not making mistakes. And that was always the big knock on him. Dable's gotten that out of him. By the way, I do think that's a Dable thing because if you look at Buffalo, the opposite's happened with Allen this year. Yeah. Where Allen throws some outlook as great as he is. I mean, I'm not Come, coming into the season, he was the poster child for not turning the ball over in the red zone. And this year he has been the poster child for and, turning the ball and over. They're in the not red even zone. like flukish plays. They're bad. They're just Bad man, like the throws you're like, what are you looking the one at? this past weekend against New England was god awful. He just I, I I he got hit as he as he threw it, but regardless, he, he throws up a he throws up a duck that gets picked off, and, and it he's is had no a lot of games this year where he just makes bizarre decisions with the football that like you yeah. just you know frankly you didn't see when Dave was there. I I'm with you on those three, and I also am agree I'm in agreement with you on McCarthy. I was talking on the radio last night, and I said, Listen, if they lose that game, I don't care what Jerry Jones says. If they lose that game, Peyton is on. I, I think Peyton's on line one now. Like, I think they're already. Look, I can tell you, and, and this is no big thing, but like, they are extremely close, Peyton and Jones. Extremely. Like, like to the point that there's an NFL function, like, they'll go out to dinner together. Like, they're really, really close. You don't think Jerry Jones has had a conversation with Sean Peyton? I mean, come on now. 
<laughs> You're right. Um, regardless, if he likes his job, better win this game. That That's my feeling on it. Um, and then the other game, which we kind of touched on at the very beginning, but Jacksonville and, and the Chargers. You know, I was all ready to write, like, hey, both teams coming in on a five-game winning streak and Chargers are healthier than they've ever. In fact, I literally pre-wrote that in my column and then had to delete the entire paragraph and be like, well, Brendan Staley done went and fucked it up and played all these starters who have no business being on the field in a game. And got his downfield threat injured. And now Mike Williams is is out of practice. Bose is practicing, but he's, he's on the injury report with a groin thing, which you just know if you're a Chargers fan. Like, three plays into that, he's going to be limping off. Like, yeah. like, they cannot get out of their own way. Now, saying some the other day, did you know, this is the classic game that everybody going into it's going to go, you know, Chargers are more talented, Chargers are more talented. And then you're going to turn the game on, and the Chargers are going to throw passes four feet at a time, <laughs> and they're going to have two or three mind-bending mistakes because they're them and they're not well coached. And they, I, I think Jacksonville is going to just win the game. Honestly, they're, the other part of this too that I, I really think like they're little things, but they add up to a bigger thing. Jacksonville played on Saturday. Chargers played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if it matters to you, late window. Okay, but I don't know if it matters, but late window. Jacksonville played at home. The Chargers played in Denver, who then had to go back to L.A. Okay, not a huge fight. Now they've got to take the longest flight you can possibly take that is in Seattle to Miami. Okay, all the way across the country on a short week. Mike Williams, no idea if he's playing. Gerald Everett, who said to Daniel Popper of The Athletic, I read in his piece, was like, yeah, you know, like he said after the game on Sunday, he was like, yeah, it was demoralizing. Like, you know, like we lost the game to Denver and we lost Mike Williams. I just feel like had they not played anybody and got out of their healthy, they could have lost 50 to nothing. Nobody would have cared. Yep. Like the Giants and the Eagles, right? Nobody cares. But you played trying to win. You gave up 500 yards to the Broncos. You lost. You had stars get hurt. Like, you couldn't find a worse way to go into a playoff game. And Jacksonville, meanwhile, was like, hey, won five in a row, won the division, feeling great. You're coming to our building. Bring it on. Like, I think, man, if there's ever two teams that are coming into a game feeling completely differently about their situation, this is it. Since week 12, Jacksonville 10th in offense, an offensive EPA per play, Chargers 12th. So close matchup in that regard um, where both offenses – it seems that the Chargers offense has hit a, a little bit of a different gear since the first half of the season, but there are still those common qualms that we're seeing. Um, I, I'll just add one thing, though, quickly about the Chargers. And I'm not trying sure. to lie on, but I really, I, just, I, I really do feel this way. Sure. Can you name one team that the Chargers have beaten all year it's any good? I mean, I have to go back and look. I know, I'll, I know I'll the first save you the time. I'll save you the time. The only team they've beaten all year with a winning record is Miami. Two, oh no, two, yeah, I don't know. The no, two just played horrible that game, and it was, yeah, it was like three of 18, three of 17. They just wouldn't yeah. throw the ball short. Oh, right. They and they needed an onside kick in that game to hold on. Like they had beaten one good team all year. They played the Chiefs twice, they got beat both games. They played the Niners, they got beat. They played Seattle at home. They got absolutely blasted out of the building. The first the first game against Jacksonville, they got blasted out of their own building. So, like, what? Like, why do I believe in the Chargers? What exactly is it? Like, they haven't beaten anybody who's any good. They're not well coached. They 
they have a propensity for beating themselves at every turn. Mm. Okay, not a sales pitch. Like what? <laughs> like what is the reasoning? Um, let me. I'll throw this at you though, quick. What is the of the other three games? The games we all I think feel like the Bengals will win, the Bills will win, and the Niners will win. Mm. If I said to you one of those three games is going to go the other way, which game is it? Of those ones that you just named, of those three, of the three that everybody kind of I think all we all agree those teams are prohibited favorites to win those games. Which of those games come Monday morning are we like, man, I cannot believe that that, that X team won? Who is that team? Out of those three, probably the Seattle game overcoming San Francisco, if I had to pick one. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed, it is going to be a monsoon that day in San Francisco. I have seen that. Yeah, it's supposed to rain a ton. So that, which is how they started their season in Chicago. Yes. Yes. I hear you on that one. I actually talked to Tyler Lockett on Monday, mm-hmm. and he was mentioning that um, they have to be better in the red zone. That's what they're going to win if they win. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's that's probably the way you would go. Hey, sorry, my daughter. Hi, Maisie. Hi. Hey, you. We'll give him a few minutes. Hey. Why can't I ask me on the podcast? Because it's someone else's podcast. Huh? Someone else's podcast, you. What do you mean? I mean, I'm on a podcast, okay? This is fantastic. We had Perino's daughter on two weeks ago, so this is just everybody's, everybody's daughter's coming on. We're making, uh, we're making the rounds. I'll be up in a few minutes, you. Um, sure. Um, so... Our, our game, by the way, is I sit on the couch and she tackles me full speed, 100 miles an hour. That sounds um, lovely. Sounds great to be a girl dad. It's it's interesting. The other one that makes me a girl dad is nine months old and has an ear infection and pink eye and a sinus. Oh. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Uh, God bless her. Smiles right throat. Um, what a champ. So I, I actually think of the three games. I actually think if I had to make the case – and I would not want to make the case for any of these three teams, by the way. Baltimore. Because there's a world Huntley's got to play, but if Huntley doesn't play and it's Anthony Brown, forget yeah, it. Yeah, then it's it's wraps. No, then forget about it. Then I'd I'd rather just I'd rather just climb up on the roof. Um <laughs> but if he plays, I don't think the like I think the Bengals are now playing the best fanbase in the league. So it's really isn't a shot at the Bengals as much as it's just divisional games can be weird, which applies obviously to any of these three games. Yeah, and they're well coached. They're very well coached. They can run the ball. They can shorten the game. And if there's one thing about Harbaugh, like that guy, he could make that game into a rock fight where it's just <laughs> it's hand to hand combat on the outside with those receivers. You got Peters and Humphrey. You got you got Smith and Queen in the middle of the defense. There's a world where Baltimore just runs and Tucker's hitting 58 yard field goals and they win like 12 9. You know, like just some weird like they pick off. Burroughs had a struggle against them this year. He is mm. not now the funny thing is the year prior to that, he almost threw for a thousand yards over two games. Yeah. This year he's not played well against them. Yeah, the Sunday night game wasn't his best, and they were still kind of figuring things out. I think that that was kind of like the catalyst for them just running off in the second half. That was that game against Baltimore on Sunday night. And then this past week, I mean, it wasn't anything anything crazy. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I think the Bengals are going to win the game. But sure. I, I do, no doubt. But I, 
that's the one of the game of the three. That's the one game I could just see a scenario where Baltimore is just pounding the ball, and instead of every team having eleven or twelve possessions, everybody has eight. And you know Tucker hits a few field goals. You, you can't believe he hits, and they get like one turnover out of the Bengals, and, and it's like that kind of a game where you're in the fourth quarter. And you're like, how the hell is this game sixteen to fourteen? Like, what is happening? How, like, you know, I mean, um, it'll it'll be interesting. But I, I do think those three games, I'd be the only one I I just can't see any scenario is Miami. I just can't. Like that would be that would be catastrophic for Buffalo. I don't feel bad for fans typically like whatever you're a fan of a team. You knew the risks. Okay. Sure. <laughs> if Miami beats them in Buffalo with Skylar Thompson, I actually feel horrendous for Bill's fan. Like yeah. I can't even imagine the pain. You'd be like this team can win a Super Bowl, and we just lost to Skylar Thompson. <laughs> that would be, that would be bad. That'd be a shame. Yeah. You and I talk about Mike Tomlin being the most underappreciated coach in the NFL. I think that John Harbaugh might be number two. Yes. I, look, Tomlin's ridiculous. I wrote about it after they won uh, to get to 8-8 eight and eight against Baltimore, actually. Harbaugh, like, they're talented in some ways, like defensively they're talented. Who on that offense scares you? It's unbelievable. No one. And it's been nobody for years. Like, it's not like it's just, like, recently it's nobody. I mean, when, when a prehistoric Deshaun Jackson is your big splash at wide receiver, yeah. who, by the way, they waved last week, like, I – I don't know, man. It's Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and a pocket full of hope at that point for that Marcus offense. Robinson, and yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they're no, they're they're atrocious. I don't, and and yet like they just keep winning. That's why. That's the reason I picked them in the, it, it, of the three games because you could just this could be a game where they just it's ugly and they like. I gotta be honest with you, man. It's kind of like remember earlier in the year the Titans played the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football and Malik. Willis we have Malik Willis, yeah. Early in that game, I knew the Chiefs were in for a long night because it was very, very evident. The Titans' game plan was, I don't care if we take a penalty, tackle the receivers, tackle Kelsey. Like, whatever it takes. And a lot of, like, Chiefs fans get really bent out of shape about it. Like, I get it. Like, I I understood. They knew in that game they had no chance of covering them. And if the Chiefs scored 20 points, the game was over. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be luck. It's going to be just hand-to-hand warfare down the field. And if they call illegal contacts, fine. I mean, I know if I'm Baltimore in this game, I tell Humphrey and Peters, listen, I don't care. I don't care if you take four or five illegal contact penalties. Just just get into their chest, frustrate the hell out of them, hook them, hold. Because, you're, you know, the officials are human beings too. Like at some yeah. point, if that happens on every play to start the game, at some point you're just going to be like, I don't want to keep throwing flags here. Yeah. Like, I, I am not – like, all right, that one wasn't as bad as the last one, so I'm not going to call this. And eventually it becomes like, all right, look, there's a, there's a certain, like, bar that you have to meet to get a, a flag, and that bar only gets higher and higher and higher as the game goes on, and you're just beating the hell out of the guy across from you. I remember years ago the Bills played the Chiefs in the AC title game. Not um, not last year, I guess, well, 2020, so when the Chiefs just blew them out. Mm-hmm. And – Rashad Breeland guarded Stephon Diggs early in that game. And if you go back and look at the film of that game, the first quarter, Breeland got two or three penalties because every time Diggs went to get off the line of scrimmage, Breeland just tried to suplex him. I mean, like every, it was every play. And by the third quarter, they just were like, fine, we're done calling it, whatever, do whatever you want to do. And it just it took them completely out of the game. It, it took them completely out of the game. 
if I'm the Ravens, I'm like, look, it's my season. What are we going to do here? Like, I, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but, like, I'm going to absolutely hold you and tug on you and, and do whatever I've got to do. And if that, and you know what? All it takes, man, is doing that one time, and it slows the guy down by that much. And instead of hitting him in the hands, it hits him in the fingertips, and the ball bounces up in the air and it gets picked off. Like, mm. if I'm, and I would not be surprised at all if our boss says, basically, guys, I don't care if they take eight penalties tonight, go for it. We got to force uh, a turnover. I said Seattle just because, again, division, you know, division matchup. Um, they're well coached. Pete Carroll's done a fantastic yeah. job with a unit that nobody expected to be in this position whatsoever. And it's, you know, as good as the 49ers are, it's still, you know, uh, the last pick of the draft at quarterback. I, I feel like eventually the wheels could fall off. No, don't get me wrong. I'll spoil. I picked the 49ers to get to the Super Bowl, even with Brock Purdy. Um, but would it surprise me if Geno and Lockett and Metcalf just kind of keep them in it, even though, you know, the 49ers defense is really good. Um, Seattle's defense has been very up and down, but when they've been on, they've been on. So if they can frustrate a young quarterback, if they can force a mistake or two, I think that they can definitely stay in it. And we touched on it already. I mean, it's going to be a monsoon in San Francisco. So I think that the weather definitely, you know, plays to their advantage to being, you know, from Seattle. So um, that, that's one that I'll definitely keep a close eye on just because, you know, one, I picked the 49ers to make the Super Bowl. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if a division rival can spoil that. Yeah, man, I'm with you. Um, Seattle, look, the big question for me with Seattle is, is can they slow them down at all? I mean, yeah. or is this just going to be one of these things where, you know, the, the, the Niners get off and running? That is the big question, and I'll, I'll leave it at this. That's the big question I have about Brock Purdy. Like, everybody's going nuts about him, and I get it. But realistically speaking, and it's not – and knock on him. In fact, in some ways, it's a credit to him. Like, they have not had any games where they've been playing a good team and they've been in any kind of a close battle. Like, if you look at the games that Brock Purdy has started, okay, and you look and you just say, okay, who has he played? All right, they've played starting with the, the first game that he started, Miami. Okay, decent team. Mm-hmm. He averaged 5.7 yards per attempt. All right, two touchdowns and a pick. Then they played Tampa. They were up 35 points at halftime. That was absurd. No contest. Then they played Seattle. Granted, by the way, three playoff teams so far. and None of them, I think, you qualify as mm-hmm. great teams. 17 to 26, 217 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Um, then they play Washington. And by the way, they blew Seattle out. Then they play Washington. They blow them out. 15 to 22, 234. So a nice, yeah, over 10 yards per attempt, which is great. Two touchdowns and a pick. Okay. Then they play the Raiders, who are utterly horrendous defensively. 22-35, 284, two touchdowns and a pick. That game was close. It was the only one he's played in that was close. And then they played the Cardinals, and they just blew out 15-20 for a buck 78. Mm-hmm. My point is this. My point is, when I look at them, what happens if they play the Eagles? What happens if they play the Chiefs, the Bengals, or the Bills? And sure. one of those teams gets up 10 points on them. And then it's not just – like, when you're up all these points, man – it's easy. I, I shouldn't say easy. It's much easier to just say, hey, you know what? Going to play action, going to get into these advantageous situations. You have everything at your disposal. What happens when it's 10 nothing or it's 17 to, to 10 in the third quarter? Like, and now, like, you can't just sit there and run the ball and play action. Everything's not like, what happens when you play the Eagles, who have the most sacks in the NFL? And they, and they can score too. What happens when you play a Chiefs team who earlier this year 
went to San Francisco, turned the ball over twice, missed a gimme field goal, and scored 44 points. Like it was like, nothing. Like like it was a, like it was a stroll in the park. I mean, they, they mm. didn't even like break a sweat and score 44 points. What do you do against that team? What do you do against the Bills or the Bengals who could do the same thing? Like, that's the question I have with Purdy. If there's a game where he's got to kind of force it a little bit, yeah, then what? You know, I, I and I don't know. Maybe he maybe he answers the bell, but maybe it also becomes a thing where well he throws two picks and he takes a bad sack and then it's just that's it. I don't know if we're gonna find that out this weekend, but I I think if you're Seattle man, I'd try to pressure the hell out of him and take my chances. And if they get open, they get open. But I think you've got to try to force him into a couple of mistakes. I don't think they can win otherwise. Matt, I always appreciate you. I'll keep touching on this a little bit after you get on out of here. Uh, but I always appreciate you. Enjoy the games this weekend. And uh, I will see you in a couple weeks at Draft Picks, and I'm looking forward to it. You uh, you going to uh, Mobile? Yeah, I just need to book my flight and stuff, which, by the way, why why the hell are flights from Pittsburgh to Mobile more so much more expensive than they were a few years ago? I don't know. Do they but, have uh, flights from Pittsburgh to Mobile? Uh, it would have to be from Pittsburgh, probably to Charlotte, and then Charlotte's Mobile. That's what I did last time. I'll tell you what, I'm going from O'Hare to Pensacola. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then I'm picking up a rental car, and I'm huffing it. I-10, baby. Just right, going, heading, heading west. I'm uh, I'm not old enough to rent a car. I would have to do it under somebody else's name, but that's a that's certainly an idea that I'm not against. Well, if you can get to Pensacola, I will I will drive you the rest of the way. Um, I can see if I can find a flight to Pensacola. Yeah, so, so I can. Yeah, I was gonna say, have my people contact your people, and we'll <laughs> we'll figure it out. Touch, I'll put you in touch with my agent. I'll make Debbie coordinate. Uh, I love the idea. All right, buddy, sounds good. Appreciate you. See you later. Yep. Maverick fan sided. The unofficial co-host of this show at this point, him and Ben Raven. Um, so you know, and I will. I'll piggyback a little bit off of the Seattle thing. Um. When it comes to, I guess, more so the San Francisco thing, you know, we've seen countless examples over the past couple decades where, you know, if you have a good team built around a quarterback, you might not necessarily be an elite quarterback or who's kind of thrown into a situation that nobody expected them to be thrown into. Um, And they get hot, they can stay hot, and you can ride that to a Super Bowl. We saw, you know, Kurt Warner do it with the greatest show on turf after Trent Green goes down and then he just goes off for a fantastic season. Saw Brady do it, you know, when Bledsoe went down, then Bledsoe comes back for a playoff game because Brady gets hurt. And then they put Brady back in to win their first Super Bowl. A few years ago, we saw Nick Foles do it when Wentz got hurt and they just rode that magic carpet all the way to the Super Bowl title against Tom Brady. You know, if you have a really good team around you, you know, you can do, you don't necessarily need an elite quarterback. It definitely helps. But if you don't have, like, not everybody has a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert. You know, if you're the 49ers, 49ers <laughs> really haven't ever had that. They've had Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a nice quarterback, but he's not in the tier of those guys. And now you go to a Brock Purdy, who, by the way, 49ers on the season, Kyle Shanahan has put two quarterbacks in the top 10 and adjusted EPA per play with at least 150 snaps. Jimmy Garoppolo was third, Brock Purdy was sixth. So he gets the absolute best out of all these guys that he can because he's a great play designer, great play caller, 
and a good coach. So if you don't have the luxury of having one of these elite guys, it sure as hell helps when you have the best defense in football, a really good offensive line, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. Like, that's why I believe in the in the 49ers. And why, you know, if it does come down to an NFC Championship game where they have to travel across the country and go to Lincoln Financial and play the Eagles, I still think that they can get the, that they can get the job done because Kyle Shanahan has been there, done that, because Nick Bosa has been there and done that, because Trent Williams and all of these, you know, a lot of their core defensive leaders and their head coach, they've been there. They were there on that Super Bowl team in 2019. They were there last year when they were within, you know, a few minutes of making it back to another Super Bowl. As good as the Eagles are, you know, Jalen Hurts has never won a playoff game. Nick Sirianni's never won a playoff game. The only one that they've been in together was last year against Tampa Bay, and you could have made a sandwicher in that game. It was boring. They got beat by a lot. It was not close. That's why I believe in the 49ers. Now, you look at those teams that I mentioned. What did the Rams have? They had a fantastic offense. Now, Kurt Warner played really well. Don't get me wrong. He's the MVP of that year. But it certainly helped when you have, you know, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk. What did the Patriots have? They had a really good defense and a reliable offense around their young quarterback. What did the Eagles have? A really good offensive line, a really good defense, really good run game. And Doug Peterson coached his ass off. And now what do the 49ers have? They have the best defense in the league, just cluttered with all pros and pro bowlers. A really good offensive line with the best left tackle in the world. One of the best running backs on the planet, McCaffrey. They got depth behind him. Elijah Mitchell came back. I mean, he's playing, had a touchdown last week, played well. Debo Samuel, when he's healthy. I know that they've been you know working him back in after he suffered that injury last month. George Kittle, who has double-digit touchdowns for the first time in his career, has been playing out of this world. Now, I know that everybody's going to look at the Eagles and the season that they had and Jalen Hurts and all of those weapons. I think it'll be it'll be a dogfight if and when those two play each other in the NFC title game. So... I'll give you my my playoff picks real quick. We'll go game by game in terms of how I see it happening. So for the NFC wild card, I do like the 49ers to beat the Seahawks, the Giants to beat the Vikings in an upset, and then the Buccaneers to beat the Cowboys in an upset. Which, by the way, will be the third straight win for the Buccaneers over the Cowboys. Remember, they had uh, they played Week One this season. They played Week One last season. Uh, Tampa Bay winning both of those matchups, and that'll be the catalyst for Sean Payton becoming the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. AFC wild card. I will take the Jaguars to win at home against the Chargers. I'll take Buffalo over Miami, and I will take Cincinnati over Baltimore, which will set up a divisional round in the NFC of Philadelphia hosting the New York Giants, which I think the Eagles will win off the bye, and I think the 49ers will beat the Buccaneers at home for the second time this season. I don't think it'll be a 35-0 at halftime game, but I do think that San Francisco should win that rather handedly. AFC Divisional, Jacksonville heads to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win that, and I think that the Bills will beat the Bengals, which will set up yet again the Chiefs and the the Bills in the AFC title game, which I think the Bills finally, finally get the upper hand on the Chiefs, which will be at a neutral site, wherever that may be. And the Bills go to the Super Bowl. And I think that the 49ers will beat the Eagles 
in the NFC Championship game to set up a Buffalo Bills San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl, which the Buffalo Bills will win. So that is my my playoff rundown of how I see things shaping out in the NFL playoffs. Now, I did want to touch on the NFL coaching care. So I wrote about it in my newsletter. Go read that. So I'm not going to give away too much. Um, but in terms of, you know, the openings right now with Indianapolis Colts, Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers, Arizona Cardinals, Houston Texans, those are the five available jobs right now. I think that a potential three more become available with Dallas, the Rams, if Sean McVay steps down, and a big maybe if the Chargers lose they fire Brandon Staley. I don't think that they do. Uh, I think that he did <laughs> he did just enough to hold on to a job no matter what the outcome is this weekend, which uh, I think could kind of come back to bite the Chargers in the butt because if if they have a chance to get Sean Payton and they don't because they hold on to Brandon Staley, I think that they'll live to regret that decision. So that could be, that could be one to pay attention to. Again, I don't necessarily think it's going to become available just because he's done. I think he's just done too much this season to to lose the job. So, but regardless, it is possible. Um, and in terms of where, you know, people are going to focus on Denver. And I, I commend Denver for seeing the mistake that they made and saying, you know, we had a first time head coach this past season. It did not work out. We're not doing that again. Um, so they're interviewing the likes of Jim Harbaugh. They're interviewing the likes of Sean Payton. Um, I don't think they get either of those, but I think they get a respectable name and Dan Quinn. There's familiarity there with Russell Wilson from Seattle. Uh, they were there together earlier on in Russell Wilson's career. Um, and I just think that you look at Sean Payton. Like I said, I don't think that the team that he inevitably ends up with has fired their head coach yet. And I think that we give that another about another week and a half or so. Mike McCarthy will be looking for a job. And that means that Sean Payton won't be because he'll be going to Dallas. I do think that Jim Harbaugh ends up in Indianapolis and continues this tour of coaching teams that he used to play for. You know, he's been at Michigan for the last however long. Now he would go to Indianapolis, a team that he quarterbacked for four years from 1994 to 1997. Um, I think that if you're Jim Irsay, now you've seen what what you had with the interim situation after firing Frank Reich. Um, go out and get your guy. And look, they're in prime position to end up with one of these these uh, these big name quarterbacks in the draft. If you have a chance to do that, to get Jim Harbaugh and potentially somebody like C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Bryce Young, if they trade up, you know, I think that that would excite a lot of people. Um, especially if it's Jim Harbaugh and C.J. Stroud, you know, they just played against each other in Michigan and Ohio State. Now they're going to be, you know, working together in 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 Indianapolis. I think that that would be, you know, a little bit of fun to follow. Um, but I do think that Jim Harbaugh does get persuaded out of Michigan to go back to the NFL team that he played for, or, you know, one of the few that he'd play for in Indianapolis and coach the Indianapolis Colts. Um, other names to watch out for, and I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to give away too much. Go read the newsletter. Um, Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Both of them are going to get jobs. Um, D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator for the 49ers. He'll get a job. Um, and then, you know, whatever happens with Sean McVay and the Rams, that'll be something to pay attention to if they hire from within. Raheem Morris seems to be the guy that is looked at as the potential guy, the, the next guy up there. Um, so 
if it's just like a short-term one-year thing where Sean McVay just needs to relax and recharge for a year, and Raheem Morris is kind of there just as like a placeholder, kind of similar to when Sean Payton was suspended for a year uh, uh, with the Saints, I think it could be similar to that, except Sean McVay just needs to you know, take a year off. Um, and I think that Raheem Morris would be the next guy up there for the Rams. Um, so something to think about when it comes to that. Again, go read the newsletter, uh, the Pump Egg newsletter, in the link in my bio on Twitter, at JBaileyNFL. Um, a lot. There's going to be, look, there's going to be more jobs that come up. And again, I think the Dallas job becomes available. I do think that Sean McVay does step away, and I think the Rams job will become quote-unquote available, like I said. I think they're just going to hire Raheem Morris from within and just promote him from defensive coordinator to head coach. Um, but, you know, they could go outside the org- the organization. Who knows? And then potentially the Chargers, again, I don't necessarily think it becomes available, but it sure is. It, it is a possibility that it does become available. So, all right, everybody. I appreciate you guys joining me on this episode of the Pump Fake going into Wild Card Weekend. Looking forward to seeing what that does bring. And, hey, you know, this is when you look at the quarterback matchups, me and Matt touched on it. Yes, it's going to be Skylar Thompson against Josh Allen. Yes, it's probably going to be Tyler Huntley against Joe Burrow. You know, playoff football is very exciting. Crazy things happen. And uh, just enjoy it. You know, the season is uh, I tweeted about this um, on Sunday. Week 18 is the most like I shouldn't even say bittersweet. It's just kind of bitter. It's sad. Season goes by way too fast. When you see Scott Hansen sign off of Red Zone for the final time until September, yeah, that sucks. You know, it feels like it was just yesterday we were watching the Hall of Fame game together between, um, I think it was what, Jacksonville and Las Vegas. And yeah, this goes by way, way too fast. It does every season. And, um, you know, just, uh, just enjoy it because we're about to hit a stretch where we don't have football for, you know, six months until the preseason in august so just treasure it enjoy it and uh looking forward to watching and enjoying with all of you so again go read the newsletter follow me on twitter at jbailey first mock draft of the year is coming later this week um new stuff on usa today for bears wire go read all of that we'll have uh new stuff for sports illustrated uh steelers related in terms of what their perfect off season would look like that'll be coming in the next week or so so a lot of stuff coming for me. Follow me on Twitter at NFL for all of it. Thanks to Matt Verderan for joining me as always. Thank you guys for listening. See you next week's recap wildcard weekend and preview the divisional round, what many consider to be the best weekend in football. And I'm looking forward to doing it with all of you. This is Jared Bailey. This is the Pump Pick. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.